Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Phil and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding. Let's have a Soul Talk. Today we are going to talk about Relaxing in Jesus' Easy Yoke. Our topic is Talk to Jesus and Relax. We've done a series of Instagram posts, Christy, on uh, Talk to Jesus. They're some of our most popular posts. So thankful that just uh, the other day we crossed over 50,000 followers on Instagram. And it's so fun. So many of you are on Instagram with us and following Jesus with us there and getting uh, little uh, bite-sized appetizer reminders each day on the importance of our feelings and our faith and being healthy relationally and emotionally. And so uh, we love sharing those little snippets of content with you on Instagram. And if you're not following Soul Shepherding on Instagram, that's easy to do. Go on Instagram or, or Facebook. Same same thing that we put on Instagram for the most part goes on to, on to Facebook. And just follow Soul Shepherding. Uh, we heard from one of our followers saying that, hey, my best friend, I just finished reading your book, Your Best Life in Jesus, Easy Yoke. Thank you so much for your labor of love, the courage you modeled, and the gates of living waters you opened. Yes, gates of living waters you opened. Won't that be true for all of us? And she said, uh, we were so thirsty after years of academic faith. Academic, it's good to have academic faith, but if it's only academic mm-hmm. faith, we need some intimacy with God in yeah. there. Yeah. We need to experience this, this easy yoke that Jesus teaches us. So this uh, person says, we are so excited to have discovered the love of Jesus again. Blessings on soul shepherding. And so, so thankful for that testimony, Christy, because that's like the most important thing to us, right? That mm-hmm. we and anybody that we could, could touch, could talk with to rediscover, reappreciate the love of Jesus. Reconnect, reignite relationally with Jesus and his life in his spirit and ongoing and interaction that it's just not just head knowledge it's not just something we know informationally but we know in reality experientially and it's also our relationship with with jesus and of course when we relate with jesus we relate with the whole trinity father and the spirit also our relationship with jesus is not only a private thing it is a private personal thing but it's also communal Mm -hmm. and so jesus gives us in his new commandment to love one another. And so relationships of soul friendship are one example of loving one another. That's an important part of our relationship with Jesus. And it's part of how we grow in our our experience of the Lord's love. Yeah, our faith is not only academic. It's not only something we, we think about and study. It is that. But it's also something we can experience and, and feel and, and it's relational, relational with the Lord, but also relational with one another. That's one of the reasons why you put in the Easy Yoke book experiences, experiments, spiritual disciplines that you can do with each chapter to apply the learning experientially, and then also questions to be able to share in community, a small group or a soul friend or a marriage partner. Yeah, and so like this Instagram follower to, to read a book with a friend or in a small group is a super helpful way of learning because it brings in that relational dynamic. And so we, we've all of our books and resources on soul shepherding. Uh, and if you've never been to the soul shepherding store, you just you just go to soulshepherding.org, follow the tag shop, and you'll, you'll see over 
30 different resources on there, books and booklets and webinars, uh, videos, uh, lots of tools for you and for your ministry. And they're all written in such a way that they guide us into personal experiences in our relationship with the Lord, of honest expression of things that we're struggling with, and, and can be shared with a friend or a group or, or a class or, or a whole church so that we're learning together and we're supporting each other in relationally, emotionally healthy discipleship to Jesus. And so one, one of our Bible studies that we share in the Easy Oak book and in the Soul Shepherding Institute, it's one of my favorite ones, is Jesus is relaxed and fruitful. We love these, these Bible studies uh, that focus on Jesus as a human being. Of course, Jesus is also the perfect Son of God, but he also set aside the privileges of being God. We read in Philippians 2, came to earth and became fully human. And so he, as he lives his human life, he's not living with special advantages of omnipotence, omniscience, omnipresence, and perfect love and all this being automatic. He's, he, Jesus does express perfect love, but he does that by faith in God. And the Bible teaches that, teaches us to not only put our faith in Jesus, the Son of God, but to practice the faith of Jesus is he has faith in God the Father, God the Spirit, and so forth. So this Bible study was in part prompted because one of the times you went up to meet Dallas for lunch, he, Dallas Willard, who was one of our mentors, he threw out to you the question, what one word would you use to describe Jesus? Yeah, I tell the whole story at the beginning of the Easy Oak book, but yeah, when he asked me what my one word was, I, it was such an interesting question. I never thought of that. Like, well, if you could only use one word for Jesus. And so, of course, I thought love and Lord and compassion and holy and things like that. But I I didn't say any of them out loud to Dallas because I, I could tell he had a word. <laughs> I, I, it was, I wanted to hear what his word was. And, and uh, <laughs> so then he, it was a long pause while he let me think. That's what he liked to do. He, he liked to... He, this is what great teachers do. They, they set your hair on fire. And Dallas certainly did that as a teacher. All the many thousands of hours we spent uh, following him around the country or, or getting his CDs and stuff of him, him teaching and listening to that over and over. But he would set your hair on fire by, by saying something that contradicts the prevailing general assumption or he asks a question. It really gets you scratching your head and, and your, your brain heating up with trying to figure out what what how to think about this and so his his word for jesus was relaxed and i i had two immediate responses one is well that's kind of a weak word (laughs) that doesn't seem very robust but i i was like but this is dallas willard saying this and so i thought there must be more to this and so then i quickly had the thought and the feeling like yeah i'm not very relaxed and then as I, the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah, how was Jesus relaxed? with All that he had to do, mm-hmm. uh, and just, again, looking at Jesus as a human being here, is like, well, he had the hardest job of any person ever lived. He had to prove that he was a savior of the world and do it to, to 12 men and, and some women, basically on a three-year camping trip. And it's like, how did he do that? I mean, yeah, he did miracles, and he was holy, and perfect love, and, and all, all of this, but still, it's like his took a lot to convince people uh, that he was divine, uh, that he was the, an eternal member of the, the Trinity that had taken on human flesh, and yet he was relaxed. So, And then just 
as a psychologist, really exploring that more deeply and realizing, yeah, well, we can have more than one feeling and attitude at a time. To be relaxed, it includes normally, include emotion, but there's also an attitude, a bodily posture, and a demeanor for how we're engaging with people. And so Jesus' capacity to be that way, uh, yeah, it wasn't like automatic. It was something that that he he grew in. Luke tells us that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. And uh, Hebrews tells us that Jesus learned obedience from what he suffered. And so the sinless son of God somehow was being perfected. And so even under stress, Jesus is relaxed. Even when Jesus is grieving or expresses anger or is in travail in the Garden of Gethsemane or in excruciating suffering on the cross, uh, at the same time, there is this a, a heavenly, heaven-sent uh, relaxation, uh, a trust coming to him as well. You kind of went on a hunt in Scripture to see this and to look at Jesus' life and to see where, where is this true? Where might I have missed this? Where have I not appreciated this about Jesus? Yes, and that's where the Bible study came from. And all the Bible study, every chapter in the Easy Yoke book has a Bible study on the life of Jesus as it relates to stress, anxiety, conflict, uh, low self-esteem, anger, hurry, different things that we deal with in the realm of stress and anxiety. And so the point was, okay, let's look at Jesus and how he he dealt with that. So basically, I just took the line from, uh, from Dallas that Jesus is relaxed, and I just went real deep with that. And I took Jesus' teaching in Matthew um, chapter 10 or 11 on the easy yoke. We begin with the Lectio Divina, a scripture meditation on Jesus' teaching on the easy yoke. And uh, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, take my yoke upon you, and you'll find rest for your souls. Uh, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And so these famous words of Jesus, just uh, looking at that in context, and then just applying that to all the different situations of stress in our life. And so, yeah, this Bible study on Jesus Relaxed and Fruitful is one of my favorites. Let's just go through that like we do in the Institute. The way we do this in the Institute is we, we, uh, we read these Bible studies. It's just, just one of the things that we do at different, different sessions where we're sitting in a circle, usually uh, about 30 of us, and we'll, we'll read a bullet point or a scripture that's one of these Bible studies and everybody take turns, and then we squeeze the sponge, we call it. People will share their, their thoughts and their questions and how this is relating to their life and their ministry. And Gosh, we have such great conversation in those settings. So the first one here is from Mark 1, 12 to 13. When it's time for Jesus to launch his public ministry, he's unhurried, and he goes to the desert to pray for 40 days. That's a different different view, a different frame. Yeah, because I think we tend to think about those 40 days of temptation and fasting and being in the desert and solitude and just sort of feel like maybe sorry for Jesus, like that is really hard and Satan's tempting him and everything. And we kind of miss the point that, well, this is a spiritual retreat. Jesus is on a very extended retreat and Jesus, spiritually speaking, he's actually not weak. He's strong. He's at his strongest point. He's not just fasting from food. He's feasting on God's word. And he's not just reacting to Satan, tempting him. He's, he's being very proactive, and he's praying about his mission to launch his public ministry and uh, what it means for him to be the Messiah of the world and 
and he's talking to the father about this and and praying and he's resolving that he's not going to do this in his own power which is an amazing thing mm -hmm. <laughs> the son of god is not going to act in his own power he's going to only do what the father says and does we read in john's gospel and so he's working all this through there in the wilderness and he's he's unhurried and so that's just really important to remember for all of us in our ministry, our leadership, uh, as we shepherd care for people, it, it starts in being unhurried. It starts in a, a soul connection with God. So next bullet point here, when Jesus' family tries to manipulate him in front of a crowd, he calmly sets a boundary. This is in Mark chapter 3, verses 31 to 34. Actually, a couple times in Mark we see we see this in the other Gospels as well, where we're Jesus' mother and brothers, perhaps his sisters as well, put some pressure on him. I'm sure they mean well, especially Mary. But there's some not as not very helpful things that they say and do there. And Jesus has some some boundaries that he sets in love, of course. He, he speaks the truth in love to them and says things like when they were trying to get him to come back home and probably get back to earning some money for the family and have have dinner with them and, and help out around the house or... Uh, Get some, see some help some more customers in the carpenter shop or something like that. Uh, Jesus says, effectively says, "Well, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm I'm doing what God's calling me to do now." And see all these people at my feet listening to me. These are these are my my brothers and uh, my sisters and my mother too. And uh, the most important thing that you can do is to obey the Lord. And that's what these people are doing. So effectively, Jesus is inviting them to come on in and and be a part of His teaching. And they do that later, but apparently not at this point in time. So to be relaxed in God's presence, like Jesus, we need to be able to set good boundaries. We need to be able to speak the truth in love. Well, and he does that in a way that isn't reactive. He's not reacting to the pressure they're putting on him in, right. in a way that sometimes we would react humanly. So it's a good example there of him being relaxed and trusting his father even with his family, who he cares about in order to set that boundary. Yeah, he doesn't get angry. He doesn't get defensive. He doesn't go into guilt and shame. He, he stays calm. He stays in God's love. And he has compassion for himself. He has compassion for his, his mother and brothers and sisters. And he has compassion for all the, the people, all the disciples at his feet that want to learn from him. So that's an example of fruit. He's fruitful too. And he's relaxed and fruitful. It's good fruit that's coming out from him in that. So then in Mark six thirty two to 44, when the crowds interrupt his retreat, he patiently feeds them. He has taken the disciples. John the Baptist has died, and they've been sent out and come back and want to talk to him. And he says, come away with me to get some rest. And then they get to the other side, and the crowds are there pressing in. And he teaches them, and they're pressing in for a long time, and they haven't eaten, and they need food. And he feeds them. That's one of the miraculous feedings. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one here, when Jesus sees loan sharks and hucksters turning his father's house into a marketplace and taking advantage of the poor, he takes time to weave a rope to then drive out those hucksters, those money changers and manipulators, drives them out of the temple. And so th this Think about Jesus. He's not like a madman here. Sometimes this gets portrayed as though Jesus is just flying off the handle with rage. And, of course, we would say it's a holy anger. But I don't think that's what Jesus is doing. It, what he's doing is an act of love, most obviously for the, for the poor, 
were being taken advantage of and to restore worship in the temple, but also for the uh, the merchants, the money changers, the religious leaders who, who have turned the Father's house into marketplace. He's doing this out of love for them. He's not harming anybody. He's not. Uh, he's he's loving people, and he did this in in patience and in calmness. And so sometimes we project uh, unhealthy, unloving human anger onto Jesus and onto God, and that that's not the truth. And so if we read any scriptures and, and are coming away with that, we're we're missing the point. He wasn't all enraged, and but that this was probably a very chaotic place, a very loud place. Mm-hmm. He probably needed that whip in order to get attention. Yeah. Not to do harm. Yes. He probably raised his abuse. voice and uh, as a preacher might do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's tragic when sometimes we see this portrayed or imagine this as if Jesus is abusive and violent. Yeah. Well, maybe we've, maybe we've done enough of these. We're starting to run out of time. But the point here is that, uh, and you can get the rest of these, these bullet points uh, in our book, Your Best Life in Jesus' Easy Yoke, or join our Soul Shepherding Network and... You can get the, the Bible study there. We have lots of tools, uh, hundreds hundreds and hundreds of tools, adding webinars uh, every, every month, a couple more webinars going in there. I think we've got about 25 webinars in there now that Christy and I and some of our staff have done. Uh, so many different uh, ways that you can learn and grow. But in, inside the, the vault, one of our participants who just joined the uh, Soul Shopping Network said, when I went through the Soul Shepherding Vault last week, I almost hyperventilated in a good way. My heart raced as I looked at resource upon resource, and I still have many more to see. My heart is to lead women's retreats. Now I don't have to reinvent the wheel. I can incorporate so much of this material. What an amazing goldmine. Thank you. That's the Soul Shepherding Network, and we made that for you as a small group leader, shepherd, pastor, missionary, soul friend, full of branded resources that are one to two page, graphically designed, really clean, really handy, and they're for your devotions or for you to help somebody else, all integrating Christ-centered psychology and spirituality. So these are tools for retreats, for spiritual direction sessions, for coaching sessions, for small groups, for discipleship to Jesus that is emotionally and spiritually whole. And so that's another way that you can get this material. So the point of this conversation that we've had with you is to really appreciate Jesus as relaxed, even under stress. And as we meditate on that, as we study the scriptures under that, as we pray about that, it helps because uh, we become like what we worship. As we worship the Son of God, it helps us become more that way, especially if we're emotionally honest uh, with the Lord in our prayers and with one another, uh, working through our shortcomings and our stress points to receive God's mercy and God's grace, then increasingly we can become more relaxed, even in the challenges of life, even in stress, even in conflict. Jesus, how grateful we are to you, that you are our mediator, that you bring us into this great relationship with with God the Father and your spirit and this fellowship and the community where we we receive love, care, all that we need such that we can relax into you. And Jesus, we thank you that you're also our model. And as we look at the way that you lived this life of perfect, responsive obedience and trust to your Father, such that you were able to, to be relaxed in stressful and difficult situations, and such that 
there was such fruit that came from your life. Lord, we, we pray that you would continue to help us to see you as you are and to be growing our, our worship of you, our adoration of you, and our discipleship to you, our devotion to you, and our surrendering of our souls to be formed more and more in your likeness, Lord, more and more to experience this life you give us of abundance of love and joy and peace, of being relaxed, yoked to you, dependent upon you. Thank you, Jesus. This is the good news you invite us into, and it's real. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks podcast. To find out more about growing in your life and leadership, subscribe to the podcast and visit us at soulshepherding.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram 